CR101radio.com, podcasts, and more. Welcome back to another episode of Preschool Pioneers. I am your host, Jeremy Walker. You can follow us on our parent network, CR101 Radio, and you can find this episode and more on our website at cr101radio.com forward slash preschool pioneers for links as well. So let's go ahead and get us started. This episode is entitled, You is for Unbelievable. How children are taught to believe the unbelievable and how Christians find the solutions to the world's problems also impossible to believe as well. I want to thank everybody for coming back today on Preschool Pioneers. And let's go ahead and start by answering the question, why Christians should become teachers? Well, Christians should become teachers because children are taught to believe some of the most impossible things about themselves and about the world. And not only that, but the solutions to all the world's ills are very simple, and yet people find them impossible to believe. And yet it's the Christian's job to teach them. Well, I want to start here by discussing something I think is a big problem with the world today especially in education, it's that we have a a problem with complaining. We love complaining. Everything we do is complaining. We like to turn on the news in the morning just to find out today what we're going to complain about. You know you do it. We all do it. It's something that we are ingrained in us. We just like to complain about everything. Social media, news, TV, doesn't matter. If we're not finding things to complain about in the world, we're finding things to entertain us via social media, TikTok videos, Reels, Instagram, whatever it might be that is your choice of entertainment. But those are the two pastimes we have, complaining and being entertained. But we don't want, is we don't want solutions. Worse than that, Not only do we not want solutions, uh, we don't want to do the work to fix anything. We prefer just to have our bread in circuses, as they used to in Rome. Because if people have food in their tummies, the bread, and if they have their circuses, their entertainment, then most people are pretty content to let the world kind of just slide by. Why bother getting involved? Well, I just watched a movie this weekend, and it was Thor, Love and Thunder, the new Thor movie. And people seem to not understand what's going on. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I watch movies, and instead of just being entertained by them, I actually look at the messages that people are trying to portray. And everybody is trying to portray a message of some sorts and through everything that you see, especially today in particular. But one thing which is interesting, at one point in the show, Thor is trying to help children, children that have been kidnapped by a god butcher. 
And the entire movie is about how the gods let you down. The gods aren't really there. They're just cruel. And therefore, they don't deserve your love. They don't deserve your support. And you need to just strike out on your own and be your own person. This is being taught, of course, to the children. That's one side of it. The other side, of course, is where Thor imbues the children with power to become gods. That's right. Not just as guardians, not just children, but they are going to become gods. Well, I watched the movie. I thought it was somewhat entertaining. Had a lot of messages in there, a lot more that I won't bother getting into. It's not really a movie review. But is a form of other people are trying to teach what they think is the problem in the world. They are trying to pass on their doctrines, what I mentioned earlier about what is unbelievable. Because the humanists out there, they have their way of looking at the world. And for us, as Christians, we we look at this and say, well, you're teaching things that are absolutely ridiculous and unbelievable. But how fair is that? Aren't they doing the same thing to us? Aren't they saying the same things to us? That's unbelievable, the Christian message that we preach and teach? I mean, half the time, Christians don't even believe what they are teaching. I mean, it's also just unbelievable to them. If you pull out the Bible and you start talking to most people, you'll find out they don't believe it. I mean, let's get past the stuff that it's just humanist versus professing Christians. Because it's not. It's, it's not that. It's humanists and also professing Christians against the real Christians. It's, you have to understand that for a long time now, in fact, from the inception itself, from the very beginning, when the disciples set out to disciple the nations, there were false converts within the church. People who genuinely believe they're Christian, too. The parable of the sower tells of four different grounds. One that rejected the message outright. Those would be your outright humanist pagans that are happy rejecting the Christian message. Then you had three other types, and two of those types were not true converts. So there's three different types that do accept the message. What separated them, of course, was not their mental assent to the gospel— or the Word of God, it was in practice what they did with that message. Did their lives change at all? And this was a crucial part to the message. Without new life, there was no proof of real faith. Faith without works, says the book of James, is dead. Something has been long gone from Christianity today. And they don't believe you. When you say, well, you have to have works to back up your faith. Well, hold on a second. You're saying it's works-based now. Well, no. It's called doctrine. It's a simple concept. But people don't believe the Bible. Let's get past the idea of not the unbelievable concepts like evolution. The unbelievable concepts where a person can turn from a boy to a girl or a girl to a boy. The gender craziness that's out there and so many so many other things like how socialism this time is going to work even though it's failed every other time when you steal from one to give to another 
you're never going to succeed. When you create a criminal class of people or people who believe that they are entitled to something, you are going to not only cause people to be destroyed, but the society around you. And it's been proven again and again and again. So it's unbelievable their claims. However, to them, they wholeheartedly believe them because it's a faith, not about the intellect. It's all about what they believe to be true, what they want to believe to be true. Because they speak it, because they think it, they're going to bring it to pass. They believe that they can be gods, bringing something out of nothing by sheer will, if you will. But children are taught the most unbelievable things. And we're teaching them unbelievable things. See, people I don't think understand what you're doing when you teach Christians or teaching children the Bible. You're teaching a fallen, depraved sinner about themselves. And they cannot accept it. They are born natural enemies of God. All mankind is. All mankind has gone astray. There are none that seeketh after God. No, not one. It does not matter if you're born in the jungles of the Congo and are wearing a loincloth. And it doesn't matter if you're born to a Christian family who has had generations and generations of churchiness and pastors, and this is your child. The child's position before God is the same. Now, there might be many, many advantages, privileges, you could say. It's kind of a key word people like to say. Privileges of being raised in a Christian culture. Then, there are huge advantages beyond just a Christian culture. Like America was a Christian-influenced culture. Hence, the prosperity of America versus other countries. Then, of course, you have the influence and privileges of Christian families. It's documented and simple that the family, when properly formed, children thrive. It's not a big surprise here. I mean, after all, if you put a fish in water, it's going to thrive. If you take it out, it's going to die. And that's what happens to the individual. When you try to take children out of what's supposed to be their natural environment, which is a Christian home, meaning a home operated based on the workings of reality, God's commandments for mankind in the world itself. People are going to thrive if they claim to be Christian or not, just as if you are going to breathe air. You are going to thrive versus trying to hold your breath and you will die. The same goes for the commandments which are ingrained in reality, in society. And when you try to teach children that that's not the case, that they can thrive. In fact, there's a better way out there. The truth of Christianity, the truth of the Bible, is evil and harmful. And the ways of humanism and the rejection of the Bible, the rejection of God's word, the rejection of the wisdom, now that is where we are going to thrive as humans. That is truly unbelievable, unreasonable, and destructive. See, our jobs as Christians are to present the truth, but it is unbelievable because, as I mentioned a minute ago, all children start out 
on the same basis and level before God. Despite any covenantal privileges they might possess. Those are all the external things. But the internal, well, that doesn't change a bit. It doesn't matter if you are in the jungles of the Congo, running around in a loincloth, or if you are born in an affluent family in a Christian culture like America and have a Christian heritage. It doesn't change the heart. It never has and never will. So every time you talk to a child, you present the message of it. You talk to them about who they are, what they're supposed to do. Repent, believe the gospel, and be saved. It's something they can't do, literally. It's like talking to a dead man and asking him to walk. In the story of Lazarus, that actually took place. Lazarus, come forth. Well, dead men can't hear. Dead men can't walk. Dead men can't respond. However, a man that's been brought to life, however, as in the case of Lazarus, Lazarus had newness of life. He was no longer dead. He was no longer decaying inside his little tomb there. So when Jesus spoke, his, the life was given to him first by God. He was renewed. And then he could hear. Then he could sit up and respond. And then he could come forth. And that is the case with all children. We are teaching something unbelievable to all children. They can only reject it. They cannot accept it. And see, it's one thing that people also misunderstand that, is that they want to think for some reason if they just teach their kids, they're going to become good little Christians. Well, that's not always the case. Now, God might indeed also bring your children to newness of life. But in so many cases, it's very obvious that is not also true. So many children walking away from their Christian heritage, from their churches, from their families, from what was their families taught faith again and again and again. So it's definitely not true that all Christians have little Christian babies and all pagans have little pagan babies. See, the Christian message isn't about that. It doesn't divide us up based on where we live. It doesn't base us uh, by our ethnicity. It doesn't change us based on our language. It's one simple thing. The message goes out to all people, young and old, from every walk of life. And it is truly unbelievable. Truly unbelievable, the message is. So not only is the message of humanism unbelievable and should be rejected, the message of Christianity is unbelievable. And it is also why it is rejected. Because they cannot accept it. They must be born again. They must be given newness of life every time you talk to anyone, adult or child. And people tend to put too much trust in themselves, too much trust in their positions as parents, positions as teachers, in their little institutions, in their formulas for how they're going to present a curriculum, how they're going to cause them to be educated. But they don't put their trust where it's supposed to be. And that is in God and his ability through the Holy Spirit to bring man to newness of life. And then that newness of life is going to take root and is going to produce good works, which manifest themselves. That's the message of Christianity. We have an uphill battle. We have a message that cannot be accepted. And we are just out there to declare it. 
those that listen to us will listen to us. There are some who, for a time, as we mentioned before, three out of four people who hear it do openly accept the message. So for a time, there is going to be quite a few people that seemingly are positively affected by the gospel message. And that could last most of their lives. There are clearly people in the Bible that it tells us about that get to the judgment seat at the end of their lives and they believe, truly believe, that they are Christians. Just, they absolutely believe it. No doubt in their minds. And they're not. That means that our message does have a cultural influence. It doesn't necessarily change the heart of every person that accepts it, but it does affect and influence those people that do at least externally accept it. So out of the four types of people, you got the one who reject it and they're never going to even act like they want to get along or accept the message of the Bible or God's commandments. But three out of four do. And that means that cultures can be highly influenced by Christianity. It doesn't mean that we are saved by externals or by accepting these little types of ideas where we just want people to have an outward type of faith where they just, you know, get along with each other but don't really internally care. We want true conversion, but it's not something we can give. So we have to settle for a couple things as parents and teachers. We have to settle for proper teaching and at least external compliance, and that's going to have to be enough for us. We have to stress the internal as well, but you can't promote that as far as you can't make it happen. You can't change the heart of a person or a child, but you can influence them. And that comes to the solution. What is the unbelievable solution to the unbelievable claims of Christianity? How do we change people? How can we get involved? How can we influence society? How are other people influencing society? And I trust me, they are. Just like in Thor, Love and Thunder, they are trying to influence children in particular. They want the kids, people. They want the kids. So, that is one of the key ways that Christianity is spread. Children, of course. The Bible starts in Deuteronomy 6, where it's talking about God's people, professing Christians. Our jobs are to teach our children about God, His Word, and we're supposed to enforce that in our homes and promote the obedience to God's commandments and an internal adoption of that, though we cannot give that internal uh, allegiance, as we're talking about here. But we do promote it, and we do stress it. Then, of course, we can get involved with our, not just our families and our children, but our communities as well. Lots of ways to get involved there. One of the biggest ways is to get involved in education, which, you know, religious teaching is primarily educational. And, of course, our humanist friends understand this quite well, which is why all of them are geared towards children and specifically the school systems. And uh, you'll hear us talk about all the time here on Preschool Pioneers different ways that they are getting involved in the local government schools. They have, as I would call it, a captive audience, as it were. But they understand that they are trying to make good little converts and turn children into humanists. And that's their job. That's what they really want to do. 
and Christians, let's be honest, that's what we are trying to do as well. And we both understand that education and indoctrination has an effect on how a person views the world. That's why, of course, not is it just important to teach children, but also very, very young children. And that's where they're starting to gear towards now. They are more than satisfied with the colleges. Uh, they like the middle school and elementary levels. But now they're going down into kindergarten in particular and also heading into the preschool years. And so for me, one of the things I want to point out is that this is one of the battlegrounds. If people wanted to get involved, that you can make a difference. You can. My schools that I've been involved in has an apprenticeship program. We have seven preschools here in southwest Florida and have been in operation now for over 36 years. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of children have come through the doors. We've been able to help children in so many ways, controlling themselves, educating them, and changing their lives for the better. I have had people ask me, well, how many converts did you make? Well, we're not here to make converts per se. We're here to influence, and we're going to let God take care of the rest. Not everybody who's going to hear is going to believe, as I said before. But you can influence, and it doesn't matter. You don't have to worry about how somebody responds, as long as you do your job. And the humanists are doing the same. They're not too concerned about how people respond. They know it works, and that's why they do it. The Christians, however, find it unbelievable. They're unwilling to get involved. I've been doing this now personally myself for over 20 years, and I can tell you that's the number one problem with people. They like to complain, as I mentioned at the beginning, but they don't want to know the solutions. If they do know the solutions, even if it's put in their face, they don't want to get involved. They prefer just to sit back with their bread and circuses and let the world spin on. Well, Christians, we don't have that option. We have been given a gospel mandate to go out there, a missionary mandate, to teach and disciple the nations. And that does start with your family. But if you're interested in learning more, you can learn about our program, which we train people on how to run Christian schools and to get involved. GCSApprenticeship.com is where you'd want to go for that. You can find out more information on that website and the three-year program that we have to help people learn how to not only run the schools but equip them with the skill sets that is required. And the sad part is that our humanist friends do the same. They do train each other on how to do things. They do train each other on how to get involved. They are what is called activists. And Christians, we are the ultimate activists. The only problem is we're not active. We don't get involved. And we just leave it to other people to influence children instead. So if you want more information about that, check out our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. I want to inspire people, and it's part of what this podcast is all about, to get out there and get involved. Stop complaining. Don't be content with your bread and circuses. Don't sit back and just let our enemies influence the world without us trying to get involved. So, Jeremy Walker, Preschool Pioneers. Signing off, thank you for joining me, and God bless.